Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Three Peas in a Pod, brought to you by the team behind Partnerships Bulletin and P3 Bulletin. I'm the editor Paul Jarvis, and I'm joined by my deputy Jonathan Davis. Hi Paul. Today I'm interviewing Adele Gritton, the Chief Executive of Local Partnerships, the UK consultancy that provides project and programme support for central government departments, the Welsh Government, councils and combined authorities. Adele arrived at Local Partnerships in November 2022, having previously worked as Head of Economic Development and Commercial Investments at South Cambridgeshire District Council. Following the interview, as usual, Jonathan and I will consider some of the main issues coming out of the conversation. So Adele, thank you for joining us today. It's really good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Could I start by discussing a little bit about your role and what your vision for local partnerships is now that you've been here about a year, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And yes, I guess I should probably start by saying for those unfamiliar with local partnerships a bit about who we are and what we do. Ultimately, our purpose is to help public sector organisations face the ever-increasing challenge of meeting rising demands for services with shrinking budgets. So in that sense, I like to say that we are owned by the public sector for the public sector. We're an integral part of the public sector family. And we're ultimately here to deliver value and efficacy for the public purse. Uh, As you say, Paul, I joined just under a year ago with a self-imposed remit to double the size of the business over a five-year period. And we have a very supportive board and we got that business plan signed off uh, about five months ago. So we're very much focusing on growing in three core vertical sector areas, if you like, climate, commercial and place but we've also got expertise in what we call assurance and data analytics, a matrix management style business approach. I'm really very excited and buoyed to be working with a very talented, dedicated, clever bunch of people who are doing great stuff in the public sector all in all. Great. And you mentioned there, obviously, that business plan only five months in, but how is that playing out, I guess, and how's that going? Yeah, well, I'm playing the long game on it, so I think it's fair to say, you know, year one is bumpy. I've got the five-year vision in focus rather than sort of annual number crunching focus, although I think it's fair to say we'll probably hit a sales target for the year. But whether we quite hit that revenue number, I think it's still a little bit up for grabs half year through the fiscal year. But we're definitely doing the right thing, putting the right levers, having the right conversations and evolving and pivoting to do the things the market wants. So very confident still for the five year trajectory. Excellent. And I guess if you can just talk a little bit more about how local partnerships is supporting authorities at present as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, as I say, owned by the public sector. So we are owned by the local government association, by HM Treasury and by the Welsh Government. And we essentially facilitate project, programme, thematic, executorial change by working impartially and collaboratively with all parts of the sector. So one day we could be working for a district council on a piece of work for, say, biodiversity net gain or kind of change management to do local plans. The next day, we could be working for big central government departments like DLUC or like DEFRA. So we do anything from a small scale consultancy piece through to multi-million pound long term projects. And as I say, we work in three core sector areas, climate, commercial, place. So climate is anything around climate change agenda, net zero, carbon reduction, helping local authorities deliver on their net zero obligations. We also do a lot in waste management and effectively circular economy, particularly for the Welsh Government, and are running some large-scale multi-sector programmes there. Commercial is very much a growing part of our business. For those who read local authority trade press, it will be no surprises to you to see all of the Section 114 notice commentary at the moment. I think it's fair to say lots of um, financial 
issues in the sector. So we have dedicated teams of, of lawyers, of accountants, of management consultants, of change agents, of digital transformation experts who can go in and help try and sort out some of those problems or to help councils become more resilient for the longer term. So that's a core focus of what we're doing and where we're developing our expertise at the moment. And the third strand is place, what we're calling the place agenda, place shaping, all part of the leveling up agenda, really. So that's where the infrastructure and the PFI piece comes in. So it's where we're kind of helping shore up longer term investment, longer term contractual security, if you like, to ensure that regions, cities, towns, ecosystems, connected areas are able to do the things that they need to do to thrive. Great. And I will come, I think, on to the PFI stuff in a bit. And obviously, local partnerships historically grew out of the PPP, PFI movement, if you like. We are Partnerships Bulletin. So that issue around partnerships between public and private sectors, obviously what I particularly want to focus on in our conversation and is something obviously that you do a lot of. And just going back to the, the net zero point, obviously that's something that is becoming increasingly a focus of everyone, really private sector, public sector, doesn't really make a difference. So how are you helping that agenda? And how are you seeing different organizations kind of working together as well? Yeah, I think we are seeing a lot more of partnership working, collaboration. And as you say, we are called local partnerships. So it would be very remiss of me if I wasn't or we as an organization weren't focused on working in partnership with a multitude of organizations. But partnerships is clearly a very broad umbrella term, isn't it? And I think we, we do see it through a variety of different lenses. So there's, first of all, I guess, the partnership that we have with our owners and our ownership structures. I've said we are owned by the LGA, by HMT and Welsh Government. We equally do work for those organizations. So they're both clients and owners in the same sense. Then I guess there's the partnerships we have with the ownership structure. So they would be the senior officers, the chief executives, the Section 151 officers, the SROs in local authorities. And then there's the civil servants in central government departments. So effectively, again, a variety of different stakeholders who we work with depending on the project in question. And then I guess there's the sectoral partnership. So as I said, we often do engage in multi-stakeholder, multi-million pound projects. So in the climate space, that could be, for example, working with Desnes or DEFRA on a project, but we would also probably be working with, say, the Energy Net Zero Hubs or the Carbon Trust or the same goes for if we do work with the Welsh Government, we may be working with RAP, Wales and Resources Action Programme in Wales as well as part of programme. So dovetailing and intersecting with lots of other partners or partnership organisations is very much at the heart of what we do. Some of those partnerships are just very informal. Some of it is just co-working. Some of them we have, I guess, memorandums of understandings with for, for other kind of longer term pieces of work. But I think in this very complex political and sort of public sector landscape in which we operate, partnerships are going to be required more and more to deliver, I think, on an ever kind of number crunched and ever fiscal squeezed agenda. Yes, yes, certainly. And I think just on that point again, you know, but around climate and energy, I imagine you're seeing a lot more interest and, you know, you talked earlier obviously about building up your team and building up local partnerships and growing the business. I would imagine that, well, obviously, you know, net zero climate is one of your three key strands. So are you seeing more and more people coming to you with issues maybe around retrofit and all that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, for sure. And we have been working uh, particularly in the space of, I guess, housing and social housing and cross-tenure domestic retrofit. So one of the key ways in which we get and got involved is via the DLUC hands-on sourcing procurement program, where we helped uh, Birmingham City Council understand net zero procurement options for delivering 300 pilot council homes. So 
Our work there included things like analysing supply chain and compliant construction frameworks. It involved inputting into the business case development, including comparison of funding and finance models. And we also do work with Milton Keynes quite extensively. There we're reviewing retrofit plans for social housing through various funding streams. There's something called the Local Authority Domestic Retrofit Handbook and Toolkit. Again, we were commissioned by Bayes back in 2021 to take a look at that and refreshed it further in 2023. And that's really a bit of a Bible, if you like, to help local authorities with the emphasis that they need when they're starting their domestic retrofit journey. There is a skill set deficit that's been well written about, and there is arguably a lack of understanding of funding opportunities and mechanisms in order to bring these sort of projects to bear. So our toolkit sort of helps collaborate, synthesize, summarize all of that, um, gives them a good starting point and a hook for getting the right people in the right room to, to have the discussions initially. So, yeah, I guess that net zero work is is anything from collating domestic energy efficient data to help feed into local plans through to the business case development that I've talked about. We've been helping procure retrofit contractors, delivery partners or frameworks as well. We've been helping with work around a minimum energy efficiency standards, both in the private and rented sector. And we've been doing some work in and around the training providers to develop the local supply chains and skills, which I know is a significant issue and pinch point in many areas. And then there's also support that we can give around the grant funding side of things, both bidding, writing, securing. So whether that's sort of social housing decarbonisation fund or the Green Homes Grant uh, Local Authority Delivery Scheme or um, sort of work around maximising energy company obligation schemes. So a lot of technical, sophisticated expertise within the organisation that I don't pretend to have, but I've got a, a talented team of at least 25 plus people who operate and work daily in this, this area. So yeah, lots of support for the LA sector there around the retrofit agenda. And I think we know that the public estate has got a long way to go in terms of its um, decarbonisation. So I suspect that there'll be lots more work around that over the next five, 10 years as well, as we really focus on public realm and ensuring that our public buildings are as green and as efficient and as long-term climate resilient as they can be. Yeah, certainly. Actually, that sort of moves us nicely on, I suppose, to talk maybe a bit around one of your other pillars that you mentioned earlier in place and yeah. in some of the work you're doing there. We are seeing lots of local authorities putting out tenders for joint ventures, those kind of arrangements. Are you doing a lot of work with those organisations in the background, you know, preparing for that sort of thing as well? Yeah, in the background. But So when it comes to the partnership or PFI sort of piece specifically, we are operating in a different way. So I guess mainly we support with the handback sort of contract provision piece and particularly in um, local authorities where there may be light or absent expertise, we've been focusing on filling those gaps. So procuring, scoping surveys, designing handback plans. And I think that's the kind of work where we expect to see a lot of growth in the future. I think we're also in the context of this very challenging financial environment for local authorities. We're seeing that it can be perhaps harder than it might have been a few years ago to convince local authorities to apply the resource to expire at an early stage because Quite frankly, and quite rightly, they've got other sort of fish to fry at the moment. But we are of the firm belief that early intervention is what's needed to ensure that proper kind of contract management can occur and that there is an orderly, considered and consistent approach to Aspiri. So getting that message out there is is a lot of what we're doing on a day-to-day basis at the moment, I guess. So really, you know, we're helping with a range of tactical things, organizational things, boots on the ground support, but ultimately it's all to do with 
ensuring there's a smooth transition from expiry to, to new services. So that's the kind of area in which we're, we're getting involved with more than anything. But of course, yeah, going back to partnerships, some of these very big, long-standing contracts that have got very technical clauses in them, we may, of course, be working with a variety of other law firms or other consultancies to disentangle, to disaggregate those contracts. So it's not just sort of us working alone. Sometimes it's us working as part of a wider technical or procurement-centric team. Yes, and obviously you mentioned at the start that you're partly owned by Welsh Government and you know, you were, local partnerships was, was quite integral to getting a lot of the uh, MIM programme through in Wales and, and obviously we've come to the kind of the end of that pipeline as far as we know for the time being but yeah I guess that provides you with the expertise to help in those circumstances if and when that is called upon. Yeah it does and yeah I think that MIM work specifically that um, two of my colleagues in particular led on for a significant period of time I think was a great example of what PFI sort of next gen looks like and there are already conversations around so what next post MIM or what is the next iteration look like so we're very much at at the heart of those conversations but that's I guess a broader adjunct to the commercial work that I was talking about where you know councils are going to look quite differently I think at future funding models or how they fund things and that partnership piece or that collaboration piece or that doing things differently piece is going to be very much something that's talked about regardless of you know what happens at general election point next year these are systemic long-term issues that will need to be tackled and addressed and I think the conversations that happen sort of transcend any sort of party affiliation or party colours. So it's a very sectoral-led approach to solving these very complex financial problems and structural issues that have arisen over a long period of time. Yes, yeah. And you can see that reflected kind of in the kind of projects that are coming to tender and where they're coming to tender. And it doesn't have to be a Labour council, a Conservative council, a Lib Dem council, whatever. It's kind of across the board that people recognise that the money isn't necessarily there from central government it's certainly not in the way it was under PFI many years yeah. ago, but also that there's an opportunity to kind of reshape your local place through a, a joint venture or some kind of partnership arrangement. And I think that's, I guess, a, a shift of mindset that we've seen over the last 10 years, I suppose. I would agree. And, you know, there's been a, more of a focus, both a self-imposed focus internally, I guess, but also a requirement to, to focus on trying to quantify as much as possible the work that we're doing and the savings that we're generating. So, you know, I've got a whole list here. I'm not going to read them off because um, <laughs> I don't want to brag or, or boast about the organization I work for. But, you know, it, it's evident that we have done um, a huge amount to save money for the sector. So, you know, if I just use a local council example of just office accommodations through PFI, we saved them over you know half a million pounds per annum there. We've been working with Bradford. You know, we've saved them quite a significant amount on their street lighting PFI we've saved on things like insurance for Kent County Council saving of 150k here and there maximize it times it by 10 20 across an organization is very significant and we are talking about public money at the end of the day and we've also been say helping with the numerous refinancing across the ecosystem too so we publish something called an impact report annually do check it out on our website and that's where we put some of these stats some of these facts and figures about what we are delivering and how we are supporting commercial efficacy, as I say, within the sector. As I was doing some research for this, or as my fantastic colleagues were sending me some briefing notes for this podcast, you know, I hadn't quite realised myself the size or the extent of what's happening in market. I think as of March 22, there were, what, 683 PFI projects with a total capital value of 52.2 billion across the portfolio, and that's split across three devolved administration and 14 government departments, with the largest two departments being uh, DFE and the Department of Health and Social Care. 
and 51% of those projects in the portfolio are procured by local government. So huge amount for us to be doing, to be supporting there. I think the early contract expiry, as we know, and I see you've written about extensively, you know, has been continuing to increase from the six in the 22 calendar year to about 63 in 2036. So there's going to be a lot of technical, legal, financial, consultancy, management, laser-like, spotlight focus on this stuff. Again, this is where I think our dedicated teams are going to be spending quite a bit of their time over the next 10, 10, 15 years or so as part of that work. Yes. Yeah. And as you say, the local authorities don't necessarily have the capability or capacity to be dealing with a lot of this stuff themselves today at the moment. So yeah, using an organization that's got not only the skills, but the experience of having done previous work in this area is going to be critical for them. Yeah, I agree. And I I think the word sometimes consultancy is in some quarters seen as a dirty word in the public Mm -hmm. sector space, in others not. But, you know, I think we do operate, as I said, that unique position that, yes, I guess you could call us a consultancy, but we are owned by the public sector for the public sector. So we're part of the family. So we offer the consultancy advisory service, but we are not doing it with a commercial lens. We're a surplus generating as opposed to profit making organizations so then 10% of what we make in a given year is given back distributed to our owners so you know there isn't a numbers or commercial gain for us in doing this work we genuinely are there to support deliver that value and efficacy piece for the public sector mm, yeah i suppose the other thing that's sort of come out of the last 18 months of more increased focus on pfi has been the um issue around behaviors in pfi contracts the white fraser report that came out a few months back. So I just wonder how local partnerships is sort of engaging with authorities around some of these kind of issues in terms of behaviours and managing the contract over the longer term. Yeah, so I think it goes back to some of the things I said earlier about where we are adding value. So it is in that sort of laser-like scrutiny on the terms, the contracts, and thinking longer term as well. So you know, we've been focusing on the need to prepare for the future service precision. So that, you know, inevitably does require uh, engagement with teams across, for example, assets, estate management, finance to ensure the smooth transition. But quite often those internal mechanisms aren't there to allow those conversations to happen. So part of what we're doing is shoring up the mechanisms or making people understand why that connectivity, why those conversations, why those pre-briefings need to happen between different parts of the ecosystem we're also focusing, as you say, post sort of White Fraser, on all of that growing body of know-how and best practice in the area. So with our toolkits and our resource hub on our website, we are ensuring that we're putting out any new learning as it emerges. We're also kind of talking a lot and writing a lot about how we help with that future lens. I said, what does the next gen of PFI look like? And particularly how the models and ecosystems are going to evolve in this complex high inflation kind of macroeconomic climate that we are living in and going back to the net zero full circle point i guess you know we're also trying to look at the net zero angle and drawing on our expertise from our climate and um, business unit into the pfi contract ecosystem per se so effectively joining two business units to have parallel conversations about things that may not have been built into initial provision or may not really be still thought about for future provision but we know very much needs to be at the heart of all things consideration for 2050 and beyond really Okay. Yeah, that's really, really useful to hear all that. And uh, we've talked you know, a lot about local partnerships and its background and its experience and expertise. But I guess just as mentioned at the start, you know, you've, you've been in post for nearly a year now. So maybe a good opportunity to reflect for you in terms of you know, how you'd say your background has prepared you for this role. 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say I've always thrived in working in reactive industries where I or we, the organizations I've run, have had to kind of pivot and evolve and offer to a changing sectoral landscape, you know, whether that was early on in my career, moving from analog to digital at the start of my career, where I was doing a lot of consultancy around helping clients embrace the digital landscape, or whether it was helping the finance industry move to automation sort of in the early 2000s or up to 2010 post-crash, whether it's been advising clients on how to work and operate in the omnichannel customer engagement world. I guess I've always worked in consultancies where being a change agent is key. And, you know, at local partnerships at the moment, very much being change agents, I think it's fair to say we're we're still providing the tried and tested services and offer. You mentioned that the PFI goes long way back into the organization's setup, but we are also evolving the offer very quickly in this fast changing political landscape. And I think it's fair to say things are going to change a lot faster and quicker in the next 18 months or so post general election. So that commercial expertise that I mentioned, again, I know commercial means lots of different things to different people, but ultimately it's about business efficacy, business efficiency, and deriving value from and for money. And we will be continuing to focus on that uh, in everything that we do over coming years. And I guess I've spent the best part of 20 years of my career growing businesses, transforming businesses, helping to sell or acquire or add acquisitions into existing business structures. So again, I think that commercial efficiency cost lens that I have is standing me in good stead, I think, to oversee the types of organization or the type of organization that we want local partnerships to be and become into 2050 and beyond. So like we look at climate with 2050 and beyond, I've always got my eye on what does our organization look like 2050 and beyond. And I think it's fair to say very, very different is the answer. Yes. Yeah. And political changes as well will no doubt have their impact on that. Well, thank you very much for that, Adele. It's been really good to talk to you and find out a bit more about what you and local partnerships are doing. Yeah, we look forward to sort of keeping in touch and hearing from you again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. So, Jonathan, what stood out for you in that conversation? Well, I think that the work that Adele and her team are doing is one of the most cited needs in the industry, which is obviously support and help with all stages of partnerships. You hear it right from the beginning on like how to generate new partnerships and scale them up and make sure they're done correctly. And also right at the end with Handback and Expire on how to manage these contracts and make sure that the public sector have the skills to be able to pick them apart and get value and make sure that the assets are handed back perfectly. So to see the work behind how all those different elements come together, I think is really fascinating. But that resource element is still key and that whilst they are growing, there's a lot of growth that's going to be coming to with the team. Yes, absolutely. And it's certainly ambitious you know, to double the team in the next five years. But as you just mentioned, it, it's a big area and particularly in our area of, of PFI, with what's going on around handback and expiry, it's going to be really important and really necessary. And I think you know, one of the things that we're seeing with issues around handback and expiry is that there is not the same tooling up, if you like, within authorities that there is and, and was at the start of PFIs hmm. in terms of having those skills in-house to deliver a massive program. And I think Slowly, people are starting to realize that actually for the end of the contracts, you need some sort of team, maybe not as large as when you're putting the contract together in the first place, but you do need a team in place that is going to deliver that. Totally. And the benefits go beyond just handback of that. If you have a 
a highly skilled unit in your authority, which is able to handle partnerships and understand the intricacies of how they work, being able to deploy those people onto the problem of net zero, which as we all know is going to require lots of new partnerships, touching lots of different assets across the portfolio. That's a really, really useful just culture to have in your team, being able to work effectively across sectors. And Adele was quite explicit when she's saying that there is a long way to go when it comes to the public estate and being able to decarbonize it. So the need for those skills is going to be invaluable. But what those partnerships will look like in that next generation, as she described it, I think is really fascinating. And to crack that nut and how to join together the public and private sector for sectors such as retrofitting or whether that is actual regenerations as a whole and making sure that that's done effectively it's unclear we're seeing some new political visions with Starmer's speech and if his polls consist then how he will try and fit together two sides is fascinating but right now it's not easy to see this next generation of partnerships that are supposed to be coming yes and yeah, it's interesting with the Labour conference happened just as, as we're doing this this interview, really. And one of the things coming out of that was obviously Keir Starmer's speech, as you referenced, him talking quite strongly about partnership with the private sector, with business, and in talking about new development corporations for new towns. No detail on what that looks like yet. But again, the word partnership came up a lot in his speech. But again, without the detail behind that. And I think, again, talking to people in the industry, what people have kind of focused on is that there's a lack of programs. And the word that they use is program Mm -hmm. from different politicians, whether it's Labour, whether it's Conservative, Lib Dem, even around delivering new infrastructure. And people talk about new infrastructure. I think probably the closest we've got is Starmer's talk around these new towns. Mm -hmm. But even then, that the the detail and what that would look like is quite light. And I think, you know, I've seen conversations he's had subsequently where the interviews he's given, he's confident that local councils will be up for this and want to do it with him. But again, there's nothing kind of in place there and what that'll look like in practice. So, yeah, I think having a, a body like local partnerships is obviously going to be important in terms of supporting those local authorities with, if you've got a new approach being driven from central government in the event of a Labour victory, whenever the next election is, then, yeah, that's going to be important, isn't it? Having that ability to go to someone and say, well, how do we do this? Absolutely. And ultimately, these projects do filter down to those authorities actually delivering them. And again, it goes back to that skills point, but also to the longer term thinking, which is one of the key elements for me of what Adele's trying to put in place is how do you handle these partnerships, which aren't just a transactional exchange, but actually tie together different sectors and different, you know, the public and the private sector together. So I think I'm really encouraged listening to that to see that the public sector of all different levels and size are getting the right support to help craft the right partnerships. As we've been discussing, it's not totally clear on what that will be like, but it makes me feel more confident that the public sector is getting the right support. Yes, I think that's definitely the case. And going back to the net zero point as well, you know, around retrofit is obviously going to be a major topic for any public authority, you would assume, over the next 5, 10, 15 years. But the skills aren't necessarily there for that either. Mm-hmm. So actually finding a way through that and actually getting the skills 
into those authorities, whether it be through an external advisor or whether it actually be through you know sort of training programs, etc. It's going to be huge. It absolutely is, and we are starting to see, particularly in America, we've seen a few quite innovative contracts in the PPP space of authorities coming forward and asking the private sector and thinking of universities and some hospitals to deliver packages of energy as a service and help authorities to retrofit, decarbonize in a turnkey way. So I think you'll have a lot of people listening to you know these podcasts and these speeches that are coming out thinking, okay, there is going to be a space for us to be involved and hopefully thinking about how everyone can work together and how to do that. So I think it's exciting. Yeah, that's probably a really good way to, to finish that conversation. So thank you very much, Jonathan, and thank you to Adele as well for joining us. 